How can organizations best secure and keep secure Elasticsearch? Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. And to help me answer that question, I'm joined by James Spatiri, Solutions Architect and Cybersecurity Specialist for EMEA at Elastic. James, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me, Matt. Over the last couple of years, we've seen some organizations storing information using Elastic but it has been breached. They've configured it in such a way that the information has been publicly accessible, even though this isn't a default when you are using Elastic. So as we get into this conversation here about securing Elastic, can you talk to me please about some of the trends you're seeing, what they trace to, and then we can get into how Elastic's been helping organizations make sure this doesn't happen. Yeah, so essentially what we've seen, especially with the advent of cloud computing, just making things much easier uh, to access over the internet. Members of organizations, they spin up new services. They might not be too familiar with them in a cloud instance, whatever cloud provider that may be. And in an effort to make that available, they, without most of the time without wanting to, they expose themselves to the entire internet. And this happens all the time. It's not just the last search as technology that this happens to, but we've seen this happen with uh, Amazon S3 buckets, MongoDB, and many other databases as well. Anything that provides data, really. And this isn't usually, you know, someone's intention. This is the problem. Like, uh, sometimes it happens because not many people are fully aware of how the internet functions. Other times it happens because they're rushed into doing something and they just bypass all the security features. So there's, there's many reasons why this happens. And uh, unfortunately, it had, can have a catastrophic effect, like we've seen. We see new breaches every single day. We saw one recently, which is probably one of the worst type of breaches you can have, which is related to biometric data. If you think about biometrics, it's not something that you can, it's not like a password, which you can just go and reset. You can't reset your fingerprint. So we see this happening across all levels of organizations as well. So it's not just small organizations or companies which are just starting out all levels up to big enterprises too, which is, which is unfortunate. So where Elastic is trying to help, and one of the reasons why we now make basic security free is because we feel, first of all, from our part, uh, we have a certain responsibility to help our users. So we already had, you know, security was a, a paid-for feature in Elastic, but we've made the core of that free, which means anyone who runs our basic license, which is free for anyone to consume and use, they have encryption, which is now free. So TLS encryption, they have a basic password authentication and role-based access control as well. So now they can have used those tools to make sure that they don't expose themselves like it's been happening in the past. This is great news that the security tools are free. What drove you to do that? So there were a few things. One of the reasons was we, at the same time that we announced the free security features, uh, it was actually in the same day, we announced that we're launching what we call a Kubernetes operator, which is Elastic Cloud and Kubernetes. And a core part of any Kubernetes setup is uh, security. So for us to be able to put this in the hands of more and more people to run Elastic uh, clusters easier, we decided that, hey, if we make our security features free, then a lot more people can consume this Kubernetes service as well as we're going to start offering. So that was another driver behind the decision. But it was also that we felt we needed to try and help our customers more and our open source community more when it came to securing their clusters. As a vendor, we felt, I wouldn't say responsible, but we felt the need to, let's see how we can make this easier. In fact, one of the things we did with the launch of this few security features is we actually offered a free course 
on how to use those security features for a limited time. So we try to arm anyone who uses an Elastic cluster, say, you know what, here's everything you need to make sure your data or your customer's data is as secure as possible. So it was a mix of both because of stuff we launched and we wanted more people to be able to consume and also to just to help anyone existing who had an Elastic cluster and was struggling to secure it. What has been some of the feedback you've gotten on the security being built in? And what have you been seeing? Have you been seeing greater uptake, greater use of these tools? So the feedback has been absolutely positive. Like uh, People told us, thank you very much for doing this. Um, you know, as a, as a technology vendor, as a software house, a lot of the community felt it was we were obliged to do this. And now you know, we kind of got a pat on the back saying, thank you very much for actually making this happen. So the feedback has been tremendously positive. We have seen a massive uptake as well in, in this. So part of, the, part of the uptake is that now a lot more people are running our basic license, which again is free and gives them a lot more features than the, let's say, the, the pure op- open uh, source model. So for, for those of you who aren't familiar, we have essentially three levels of licensing, which is the open source license, which is Apache 2, and anyone can use that for whatever they like, including resell, embedding it into a product. Literally, you can do whatever you want to do it. A step up from that, and this is where the security features amongst many others come in, is the basic license, which is still free to use for anyone, but you cannot uh, modify it or resell it or anything like that. You can't embed it into a product because it's covered under what we call the elastic license, which again is free from the basic features perspective, but you just cannot resell or modify it. And then, of course, the last, uh, the other tier is what we've always had, which is the, our commercial features, which is our, our platinum license. And that gives you access to even more features such as machine learning, alerting, and even more fine-grained role-based access control, uh, apart from, of course, access to things like support. So just to step back for a second, Elasticsearch is a distributed data store. It has some really interesting use cases in general, but it's also widely used for specific security purposes too, right? Like threat hunting, for example, and security operations centers? That's correct, yeah. If you think about it, when you think of a data store, traditionally, the problem with uh, security tools in general is, firstly, it's very hard to scale, right? So in today's day and age, we're talking about terabytes and petabytes of data when it comes to security events. And traditionally, most tools, um, they, they just can't handle that because they weren't designed for that level of data. Another problem is that most of those tools aren't what I like to say data agnostic, which means you're only allowed to either insert specific sources, and if you need to ingest anything else, you have to reach out to the vendor to help them work with you to ingest those data sources. So it's been traditionally very hard. When Elasticsearch came about, People understood how efficient it was for textual search and how easy it was to scale because Elasticsearch itself as a technology was designed primarily not only to be able to search through data, but it had to be uh, designed with scalability in mind, which is exactly what Elasticsearch and the Elastic Stack does. And it also had to be easy to interact with. So uh, Elasticsearch itself is 100% RESTful-based, so it's like one big API. And that meant it was really easy to integrate with, with any tool I wanted to use, whether it was... Uh, a client and I wanted to write my own application on top of it, or uh, when it came to even ingesting data. So because it was so powerful and because speed of search is so important these days, and that's exactly what Elasticsearch does, it inherently started being used for security analytics. Because if you think about it, security analytics, all it boils down to is being able to have an urgent conversation with your data. That's all it is. And again, we can't afford to wait minutes 
for results. If I'm looking to see if I'm breached or if there's anything suspicious going on in my network, I need to ask the question now and get the answer now. I can't wait you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or overnight to get that answer. And this is what Elasticsearch allows our users to do and why it became so popular in this space. Because it was designed to search to huge amounts of data. And if you ever came to a point where your existing Elasticsearch cluster needed more capacity, all you need to do is just add another node in there into their cluster, uh, and that's it. So because of that reason, it's used extensively for security analytics, apart from all the other use cases. And it's also the first time that there was an open source solution that allowed you to do this. So traditionally, most security tools are very expensive. It's not someone like an individual can do or a small company can typically afford to have. But now, because we're open source and uh, a vast majority of our features are 100% free, we've given this to the hands of everyone to at least start off with. And that resonates a lot with both the community and even uh, our, our users as well. So uh, that's another reason why they up the the the, the pace of adoption for Elastic for Security has, has grown tremendously because anyone could start experimenting, anyone who hasn't previously been able to either because of budget or capacity even attempt to get into the security analytics world, now they can. They can start trying things out. Because this gives them a way to also amass lots of data from lots of different places and then attempt to make sense of it in interesting ways, for example? Exactly. So uh, bringing back to my point about being data agnostic, you no longer have to worry about, you know, can my security analytics platform ingest a particular data source? It can because it's data. And Elasticsearch thrives on data. So whatever it may be, whether it's structured text, unstructured numbers, geo points, you can store any of that inside of Elasticsearch and search through it and correlate multiple different data sources together, which is key because when you're doing security analytics, you can't restrict yourself to a handful of data sources. The more you look at more you have a chance of finding if there's any malicious activity going on. With the new security tools that Elastic has released for free that organizations can use to help keep their operations more secure, are they still needing to ensure they don't make any fundamental mistakes? Just because some of the breaches that we've seen that tie to Amazon Buckets, MongoDBs, Elasticsearch, it's data that shouldn't have been made public, but which was made public seemingly by accident. This is still something, presumably, organizations need to make sure they're not doing, right? And perhaps audit their operations from time to time to make sure that this hasn't been done inadvertently? Yeah, definitely. So anything you look to set up, you have to make sure you're doing the right thing. So first of all, even though security is there, it's, it's not on by default. So you need to go ahead and turn it on. Uh, there are some features, if, if you try and use them, they will complain saying you need to have security on to be able to use this feature, just preemptively. But uh, you have to turn it on. Uh, if you don't need an Elasticsearch cluster or a Kibana, which sits in front of Elasticsearch to be exposed to the internet, then just don't have it that way, which is very important. So like we say, by default, Elasticsearch instance is not available to anything else other than the host that it's running on, say local host. If you don't need to change that, then don't. So that's another thing to keep in mind. There are, of course, cases where that, that needs to be done, but then you need to make sure you've taken the appropriate security step, like enabling the default security options, turning on encryption, which is just as important, so it's not just about uh, slapping a password on there. You need to make sure you have the right level of encryption as well, just in, uh, so your password isn't intercepted. So you need to make sure that it's not just any old random password. So passwords, if you turn on security and you put in a terrible password, then it's very ineffective. 
you need to make sure that you follow the right password policies. There's many guidelines to follow on that. But most organizations have their own internal policies, so those also need to be followed. It's not just a matter of uh, putting in any random password either. You've added some features specifically for security analysts. What do they look like? Sure. So as of the version 7.2 of the Elastic Pack, we launched what we're calling the, the theme UI. So we decided as a company to formally enter the, the theme market. Um, even though we've been used for many years in security analytics space, we never actually marketed ourselves as a security company, but now we have. So we wanted to make the experience for anyone using the stack in a security analytics fashion even easier. So we launched back in June 2019, the first version of what we're calling the theme app. And what this allows analysts to do is really kickstart their security analytics experience in the stack. So it gives them some uh, out-of-the-box views and dashboards. It's a lot easier to consume data because we've added multiple ways of bringing very common security data sources into the stack with what we're calling our Beats modules, which are agents that you can place in your infrastructure. We also have features such as the timeline feature within the app, which allows you to really quickly kick off a security investigation. So we've added all these tools now for anyone who wants to get started quickly and doesn't have the capacity to build their own custom dashboards or start searching manually through the data to do that. And that's what's requiring the, the CMAP inside of Kibana. So if, if anyone has any existing Elastic cluster and they update it to 7.2, that's just going to be available to them. So it's going to be a new shiny button on the left-hand side of Kibana called Theme. They click on it. If they're following what we call our elastic common schema, which is, a, which is a naming convention for fields, it will just work for them with the data they have in their cluster, which is really nice because now, if anyone was using the elastic stack for any other use cases, such as logging or metrics or maybe APM, they now also have a new security interface to use for their analyst views as well. And this is part of the basic license, which means it's free and open for anyone to use. So we've kept that where typically this is something, you know, traditionally you'd have to pay for. And uh, if you had to compare it to most of our competition, but we've given it for free as part of our basic license, which means we've given it to, in the, we've put it in the hands of everyone. And it's very, very easy to get started now, which if you asked me this question a few years ago, I'd say, yep, there was definitely quite a bit of effort involved to get started from a security analyst perspective. But we've changed this now with the launch of this new app. Excellent. Okay. So if you're doing it, you get a better interface. And if you're not doing it, you can hopefully hit the ground running much more quickly. Definitely, yeah. And are you seeing more organizations just doing this in general? I mean, I'm hearing a lot more about threat hunting, for example, Mm -hmm. being something that security operations centers are trying to put into place. Obviously, that's a very data-driven exercise. Are you seeing more uptake of these tools? We are definitely seeing an uptake. And I think people are starting to understand the importance of it especially with some of the major breaches which have happened, which could have very easily been avoided if someone was actively threat hunting. So even if we look at the Capital One breach, you know, if people were actively threat hunting in that scenario, they would have spotted that. And people are starting to get it because the more we've started exposing breaches, the more we've started and the more things have started becoming public, even new compliance standards, well, now it's, it's almost a year old now, uh, over a year old now, things like GDPR and enforcing that, those kinds of standards people have started understanding the importance of it. So yes, there definitely has been uptake of threat hunting. People are also starting to get the concept behind it. So unfortunately, a lot of the security industry and security analysts have been 
for lack of a better word, uh, spoiled by what's given to them by security vendors, meaning they get you know a ton of out-of-the-box dashboards and rules and things like that. So they've ignored the whole concept of threat hunting before that. So now, thankfully, they're starting to understand that both are important. By having security detections and contact, but understanding that you need to be proactively looking for stuff, uh, assuming that you've been breached and looking for that potentially malicious activity, the message is finally getting across, in my opinion, because people are coming to us and asking and telling us we want to start threat hunting. We want to actively start looking for these threats. But I still think there's, there's definitely a ways to go, but the uptake has been uh, increasing over time. Wonderful. James, thanks so much for sharing your insights today. No problem. Thanks again for having me, man. I've been speaking with James Spiteri of Elastic about securing Elastic. I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Thank you very much for joining us.